So I'm going through and answering questions that people have submitted through Instagram or email, but I want to start this episode with, um, I don't know if it's a direct quote from Ram Dass, but you know, Ram Dass has, you know, Instagram and Twitter and, you know, even before he passed away, I'm sure that somebody else was running that for him. But before every major holiday, they would post something to the effect of, think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. And I tell people often that when it comes to our personal growth, when it comes to our uh, evolution as human beings, you know, personal evolution, personal growth, personal development, our family is always, always, always like the final boss. I can't tell you how many times I would be just coasting along and doing so well and treating people well and calm and full of equanimity and peace. And then I would go see my parents and I would get into a massive fight with my dad over something, usually politics or social issues, just dumb shit that nobody should be fighting about. Uh, and, and I want to be clear, in retrospect, I was not always right. A lot of the opinions I had that I was fighting about, I don't hold anymore. But, um, you know, I think there's a special thing that happens when, you know, I've been, I've, I've tried to be upfront. I've, I've been a loser my whole life. When I started finding just even small measures of success, I think that I clung desperately to those things. I clung desperately to the things I'd learned. And so I was very opinionated. I was, um, I was a genuine pain in the ass to be around for a very long time. But even when I started moving out of that, when I started releasing my opinions, when I started um, just not being interested in my own opinions, not being interested in what I thought about things, man, I could do that everywhere except for with my family. And so I think one of the hardest things that we, we have to contend with as we grow and change as people is the fact that our families have known us for a long time and they have built a story around the role we play. And they are often very resistant to letting go of that story. They're very resistant to letting go of that role. And that makes sense because when you're in this like family unit, like the role you play, it matters. It's part of the whole. And, 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 as, and just as a species, we like things to stay comfortable. We like things to be the way they are. And I think it's especially true of families. I think that it's hard for us to see a member of our family switch roles. Uh, we see this very easily like in, in, in what we would consider like negative changes. If, if, if somebody in our family we're very close to became a severe alcoholic, we might have trouble coming to terms with that. Uh, we have trouble coming to terms with a couple that we've known for a long time splitting, uh, especially if it's our parents, because we see them in this role and we're comfortable with that. We're used to it. So I think our families often represent like just the, the final line that we have to cross in order to become new people because they have the longest history of knowing who we are, quote unquote, of, of defining us in this role and seeing us in a role. So the question I got was, how do you meet people close to you where they are and allow them in in a safe way without taking on their fear? And then they followed up by saying, I would like to be in a place where I wasn't afraid to have conversations about the direction I'm heading in my career with my parents because I'm afraid they're going to shoot it down. Not because I don't think I can do it, but because I want to be able to share those things with them. In the message, they say, you know, logically, they get it that their parents' resistance to this new career is coming from their parents' fear for them, from their parents uh, just worrying about the outcome. But this person, they can't shake this desire for approval from their parents. And that's, that's super normal. 
I mean, all of us want approval. I think that, you know, I meet people all the time who just say that they're completely free from the need for approval. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe I just run into these enlightened beings all the time. But most people I meet, I'd say a vast, vast majority, there's somebody out there in the world that they desire approval from. And this this right here is why uh, I led into this podcast with the with the last one about awareness, because this is where awareness is very important. The thing with uh, with with our with the deeper emotions, with the deeper needs and wants that we have, is that they are able to present themselves to us as necessary. Uh, I see this often with shame and guilt. If a person is experiencing shame and guilt, their automatic assumption is that they must have done something wrong. They think that the presence of those emotions indicates that, like, that just their presence alone indicates that they should be there. The presence of shame and guilt indicates that we have done something that shame and guilt, that we deserve them, that we brought them to our door. This is difficult with the desire for approval because that desire being there makes us think that we should seek approval from people. And I I know this sounds weird to say, but like so many of our wants, so many of our desires are baseless. We want something just because we want it. When we start really breaking it down, like the need for approval, when we start really breaking it down and we say, well, why do I have this need for approval? Well, because I want my parents to be proud of me and I want them to, uh, I just want them to be happy with what I do. Okay, cool. What would that do for you? When we get down to it, when people we respect approve of what we're doing, it gives us a sense of safety and comfort. It gives us the idea that, okay, cool, I'm on the right path. And it makes this scary thing less scary for us. But that doesn't mean it's a good idea. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. My grandma would approve of any project I took on. Even if I think like if I told her that I was going to run for Congress, she would think I could do it. If I told her I was going to open a mega church, she would definitely think I could do that. But neither of those would be good things for me. I have no desire to be in politics. I don't think that I, I don't have the constitution for it. Um, I have no desire to be a preacher. That's never anything that I felt called to do. But my grandma would love it. So her approval would maybe make me feel better about it, but that wouldn't mean it was a good idea. And so what what approval really gives us is a false sense of security. It gives us a false sense of control. It gives us the false idea that we're on the right path. And so then the question becomes, what do we do about it? And this is where awareness comes in. There is a huge difference between being aware of a need for approval and thinking that we need approval. That simple awareness of it as a desire, that simple awareness of it as a need changes everything because then we can choose how we respond to it. Not getting somebody's approval can bring up a sense of anxiety in us. I experience it. Uh, When I started blogging every day, when I started this podcast, when I started doing videos and posts more on Instagram, like I think for a lot of people who had a certain idea of me, who had a certain idea of these are the things that James believes and that James stands for, some of them were disappointed to find out that this picture they had created of me was inaccurate. And I'm also growing and changing all the time. You know, I mean, the you know, working with the ketamine clinic now, uh, being interested in psychedelic uh, therapies, that is a drastic change for me as a human. I was very profoundly anti anything like that for a long time. I have a drug-free tattoo on my arm. Uh, and you know, and I can, I can explain, I can say, well, you know, I don't, I don't view those as drugs. I view them as medicines and things like that. But ultimately it's just mental gymnastics because five years ago I would have said absolutely not to those things. 
But the simple fact is that I am growing and evolving as a person. One thing I do think I do well is that when evidence is presented that's contrary to what I believe, I'm able to drop what I believe pretty quickly and go with the evidence. I don't really have a strong attachment to that. But for other people, I think that can be hard because they have a more static picture of me. And for a lot of people, they sometimes that static picture brought them comfort. If that static picture aligned with what they believed, it gave them that false sense of security that maybe they were on the right path. So as I've had over the years, as I've had people send me a message or tell me like, I was disappointed to hear you say that. Holy shit. I watched this thing jump up inside of me. Oh my gosh, was I wrong? Um, Should I not have said that? Uh, Oh my gosh, how can I get them back? How can I get them to like me and approve of me again? And if I start acting out of that, I'm being disingenuous. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to the things I've learned. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I'm not being true to them because I'm like this, this ego inside of me is, is encouraging me to become somebody I'm not. And that's not what they want from me. Uh, you know, I guess if that is what they want, if they want disingenuous relationship from me, then I, I need to leave anyway. But I don't think many people would say that. I think most people would want genuine relationship, even if it's not exactly how they would dictate it to be. Awareness allows me to be with that uncomfortable feeling, to not try to change it, to not try to intellectualize it. That's the next thing the mind does is it starts intellectualizing. Well, it's their fault for having these ideas of me. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they're buttholes. You know, I mean, none of that is useful or helpful. And all it's really doing is it's taking that kind of, that uncomfortable energy inside of us and, to, and, and making it stick. It's making it stay there by hanging on to it. When really, if we can just go to that bare experience of needing approval, if we can just go to that bare experience of rejection, of that bare experience of fearing that this person won't be in our life, what we'll find is that the bare experience is not that bad. It manifests physically in our body. It manifests in a way that we can be with without the thoughts, without all the rationalizations and opinions and assessments. And when we can let it just sit as that, we find that it moves on. It passes through us and moves on. And the more that we do that, the less tied we are to that particular desire. The less tied we are to thinking that this thing that arises inside of us actually matters. Now, I'd encourage you to start small. You know, start these kinds of exploring these emotions with emotions that are not real difficult. You know, if you're going to explore your need for approval, do it, um, you know, uh, I don't know, with the, with the car salesman who you end up saying no to, or, the, or the, the guy who comes to your door selling you those cleaners. Say no to them, because that's a lot easier than your family. And then watch that emotion. Watch this thing inside of you that tells you like, oh, we should have bought that from him. It would have made him happy. Um, you know, and we do this all the time. We do this all the time. If you notice, like every, everybody out there is trying to sell you something to some extent. Um, saying no to that, may bring up discomfort from us, but that's an opportunity to work with that discomfort. That's an opportunity to be with that discomfort without intellectualizing it, without rationalizing it, without trying to talk it away. And when we can do that, it just gets easier and easier and easier. And eventually we can even do it with our parents. We can even do it with our, with that pushy aunt that we have, with that cousin who's highly opinionated, with the best friend, with the boss, with all the different people, we can start to do that with them and be okay with the fact that they didn't like what we said. Because ultimately, their response to that doesn't tell us anything about what we said. It doesn't tell us about the, our idea. It tells us about their perspective on what we said. 
It tells us about their opinion on our idea. And that is the, that's the sum total of what it tells us. Nothing else. Only those things. There's a real power in this. And I think that the other thing it does is it opens us up to listen to solid advice. When it's not about our ego, when it's not about approval and being liked, when somebody says, oh man, I, I think that could be disastrous for you, we can listen because we're not attached to it. We can say, oh, okay, tell me why. Um, I can't tell you the number of ideas I've been talked out of. And I mean, and praise Jesus for it because some of them were really terrible ideas. It's put me in a place where I can go to people and just lay it out and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. What's your opinion? And if they say, well, it's a bad idea. I can say, cool, tell me why. Now my ego still wants to jump up and get attached to that idea. Now it's me and my idea against this person, <laughs> even though I went out of my way to ask them. The more that I simply have an awareness of that instead of an attachment to those feelings, the easier it gets to hear those things and to listen to good advice. So try it. Start off small. Start off with the people who you will never see again to the people who don't really matter that much in your life and work your way up. Family's the final boss. So the other thing you've got to do is that when this jumps up in relation to family, you've got to cut yourself some slack because it's never easy. It's never easy. I'm 41 years old and I still have to watch it. Um, and I have a good relationship with my family. I love my family. I still have to watch it. So it's all, you know, going back to, we'll go back to Ram Dass again. He said that everything is grist for the mill of enlightenment. Every single thing that comes to you, every single thing that you're, this need for approval, this need to be like this desire for a false sense of security. Every one of those conversations with family is an opportunity to work through that and let it pass through. It's an opportunity to grow and evolve as a person. It's all grist for the mill. And so cut yourself some slack, have compassion for yourself and give it a try. Just let it pass through. As always, you can find me on Instagram, James Scott Henson. You can find me at my website, jamesscotthenson.com. You can email me, james at james Scott Henson. Uh, I say this every time. I love getting questions to address on the podcast or on Instagram posts because all the best stuff has come from people reaching out and saying this would be useful to me. So if there's something that would be useful to you, please don't hesitate to shoot it my way. I will look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.